Hello and welcome to the Gua Sha Show, helping you get the best results out of Gua Sha and Eastern medicine for the face and the body. I'm your host Clive Whittam, and every week we explore the world of Gua Sha to help you use and understand this great technique with research and stories and guests and useful tips. So let's get straight into this episode and let's look at what the ingredients are to doing Gua Sha. Okay, here we go. This is season one, episode one, and in this special episode, we're going to imagine guasha as a recipe for a tasty dish, and we're going to have a look at what are the imaginary ingredients, the preparation, and the cooking. Why are we doing that? Well, why not? It's lunchtime here in Barcelona, and I'm pretty hungry actually. And anyway, it beats giving you a boring list. But actually, I've got confession to make. I can't actually cook. Or to put it more accurately, I don't like cooking, so I can't cook. But luckily for me, we're not talking about cooking. Uh, I do like guasha, and I can use guasha. So, for anyone unfamiliar with what guasha is, it's a technique for scraping a special tool along the skin to help your body relax, to make you look younger, to release muscles, to increase blood circulation, to boost your immunity. And you can find all kinds of other more wacky reasons if you go searching online. If you're not sure what it is or how to do it, well, that's what this podcast is for. And for anyone unfamiliar with me, well, I do a lot of guasha. I'm actually a licensed acupuncturist and a qualified health promotion specialist. And I've spent a long time in my clinic in North Africa cooking up my guasha system. At various points in this podcast series, you'll find out more juicy stuff about me, um, including things like how I was a fisherman in the East China Sea. Yes, I was. And uh, my weekly treatments in a brothel in the UK. That's a whole other story. And of course, professional only. And I've got some weird and wonderful stories to tell you along the way. But anyway, I've been doing this for 20 years. I've written four books on Gua Sha and Oriental Medicine. And right now I'm recording this in Barcelona where I have a clinic. And it's where the Komarebi Institute is based. This is the Research and Teaching Institute on Guasha. And I'm the director. And if you want to check it out, the information is in the podcast notes. So let's cook up Guasha therapy. If we open our virtual cupboard in the kitchen and look at the first ingredient, and lo and behold, it's a mirror. Well, it's me, and actually it's you. You are ingredient number one for gua sha. And you can't nip down to the local store if you've run out of you. You can't be replaced. Be too expensive anyway, as you're uh, both unique and particularly special. So we're going to use you as you are. Now, the big thing is, do you know what you're doing? Do you have any clue what scraping the Gua Sha tool does? Well, it's pretty important. You can check out videos online, but the thing is, so few of the ones I ever come across actually know what they're doing. Even the ones who talk about Chinese medicine. In fact, sometimes they're the worst. And especially the ones about the face. They seem particularly to be doing this. But again, that's what I'm here for. 
Now, I'm perfectly okay with explanations from Chinese medicine and some of the basic Chinese medicine ones too. And I follow studies and reports quite closely. But in my school of thought, you've got to have the special sauce, which will bind all the ingredients together. And that special source is the natural principles of the ancient Chinese. But I think I'm getting ahead of myself here. This is all coming later in other episodes. So basically, you have to know what you're doing so you can do Gua Sha safely and securely and preferably so that you can make changes, whether it's cosmetic changes to the face or health changes to the body. Now, just to be really clear, you don't eat Gua Sha. The food terminology that I'm using right now is just me playing around. I've got to say this because someone's bound to ask me. So this is Gua Sha. It's not food, all right? So let's come back to the recipe. So once you've prepared the properly informed you, the big ingredient, the next ingredient is a tool. Now, if anyone's taken any of my courses or watched any of my videos or read any of my books, you'll probably have a good idea about what I think about tools. When I do the episode on the history of Gua Sha, which is coming up in one of the episodes, you'll see what tools were used in the development of Gua Sha and then not what you think. So sure, if you're doing your face and you have one of those snazzy, ergonomically designed, technically worded Gua Sha super instruments, which have got kind of names like the Gua Shinator 3000 or the Scraper Easy or the Relax Maker 2. Actually, I, I made these up. But you get the idea, don't you? This is not to say there's anything particularly bad about these types of tools. And if you've got one, that's okay. No problem at all. I've got plenty. Um, then they probably cost an arm and a leg. And you go ahead and use that. Don't waste your money. They cost you a lot of money. Use it. But if you don't have a special instrument, don't fret. You know, I'm a secret spooner. I've got spoons which don't look like spoons. But in fact, their spoons and I use them professionally. Sure, I've uh, also got other tools which look the part and they look very professional, but any chance I get, I switch them with the spoon. And that's the secret bit. People can't usually tell. So if you don't have a tool that you bought for Gua Sha, use the Chinese soup spoon. But of course, you've got to make sure it's smooth. If it's not smooth, you don't use it. And another option, of course, is to use your knuckles. And there's a particular technique and it's not that difficult to use. But anyway, there's going to be a complete episode on tools and I'm going to show you uh, all of those and I'm going to talk about the knuckles too. So for now, just make sure you've got something. Okay, and then the next ingredient is lubrication. If you scrape, it might be painful and you could definitely damage the skin if there isn't some kind of barrier between the tool and the surface layer of your skin. So what do you use? 
This is where the world of cooking and gua sha conveniently coincide. This time, open your kitchen cupboard, but really, not virtually, just go there and open it and take out those cooking oils that are there. Now, the ancient Chinese used to use sesame oil, among other things. Have you got any sesame oil in there? People often use olive oil. Is there any olive oil? And also the obvious choice is blended massage oil, which after all, it was designed for body treatment. So it's going to be perfect for gua sha. In winter, you can crack open the vapor rub. Vapor rub has a secret benefit. And that secret benefit is actually to you who's using the uh, gua sha tool. Now, the secret benefit to you is that when you use vapor rub on someone's back, you get a free sinus treatment as you breathe in these menthol vapors. But unfortunately, all of the benefits disappear when you accidentally touch your eye sometime later and you have to pick yourself up the floor as you're writhing around with a stinging menthol eye. Now, there are also special gua sha concoctions which are made uh, um, and you can also use something so simple as soap and water. But guess what? All of this is for another episode, which I'm going to be talking about lubrication in detail. So that's your main ingredients to the gua sha dish. You, the tool and your lubrication. But then you have to put them together and you stir them in a giant bowl. And in that mixture, you put in a big dollop of great technique. I'm not talking brutally dragging a jam jar lid down someone's spinal column. I'm talking gliding like a champion ice skater or cutting through the swell on a fast sailing clipper boat. That's what gua sha should both look like and feel like when you do it right. Now, there's lots of talk of the science of gua sha, which is to remove the very parts of gua sha which are the most precious. What in fact they should be talking about is the natural science of gua sha, not the science, because this is more authentic and accurate an approach to understanding and using it. With natural science, we can use the verifiable features of the natural world in a scientific way. But hey, that's another episode. In fact, that's another, that's a whole lot of episodes, that one, because that's, that's ecological gua sha. But if we come back to technique, if your technique is good, your arm and your hand don't feel fatigued and the treatment for the person you're doing it on, whether it's yourself or someone else, is better. So technique is the key. So then we've got your ingredients, we've got your nice mixture of the technique and you put all of those ingredients and you put them in a spa, in a clinic, on a treatment couch, on a chair, wherever you're going to do, be doing gua sha. And then you're going to allow them to cook nicely as the treatment progresses. Now, at some point, red marks may appear on the skin. This is the sha. So remember, you're doing gua sha. And it's the second word, the sha, is the word that's referring to what's happening now. Now, those red marks are what elevates gua sha above any other manual treatment. 
And this is why you've got to understand Guashua in terms of Chinese medicine, because if you don't, it's very difficult to explain Sha in a satisfactory way. And if you go out with Sha on any exposed skin, then everyone's going to look at you really strangely and they're going to think you've had some kind of abuse or you've had an accident or some terrible event. So the Shah is telling us that something's happened in the tissue underneath, which despite what it looks like, despite the fact it looks like something horrific happened, is actually a really good thing. No, really, really, it's a good thing. The changes were underneath in the place where you can't see. So once this is all done, you've created your guasha dish. And if it really were food, it would be exquisite. It would be a five star Michelin meal. You know what I'm talking about. One of those dishes with a small morsel of food in the middle of the plate. Uh, which you'd be really disappointed when it arrived and the waiter put it in front of you, but it's actually otherworldly when you bite into it. So whatever was there in the tissue beds before you started with the gua sha is either no longer there or greatly improved. And this is why you're doing gua sha. If you get this recipe right, then your results are going to be fantastic and you are doing gua sha. If you get the recipe wrong, if you get too much of one thing and not enough of the other, then it's not going to turn out great. Your results will be temporary or the thing that you're doing isn't really gua sha. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can check out the show notes at clivewhittam.com slash gua sha show. You'll also find loads of free videos and information. And if you need more help with Guasha, definitely check out my online courses at the Komorebi Institute. I'll include the link in the show notes too. Talk to you soon.